You know, I think that some of my favorite foot racing is perhaps road racing. There's this whole idea of the best of the best in the world, as well as the guy who's out grinding maybe five minutes a week just trying to get better, sharing the same course. To me, that's just a really great thing. As close to a meritocracy as I think we might be able to get to in this lifetime. Now, this past week saw two of the country's premier road races, the Scotia Half in Montreal and the Vancouver Sun Run, both happening. On this week's episode, we catch up with runners from each. Lisa Brooking ran in the Sun Run, as well as in Campolo, repping the Maple Leaf at the World Cross Champs earlier this year. But first, John Mason, he's a coach, he's a farmer, he's a builder of things. And as of this past weekend, he was the third man across the line in a very stacked Montreal field. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. You really can't miss John Mason with his big red beard and tucked in shirt. He's both a coach with his old school, the perennial powerhouse Fanshawe Falcons, and an awesome distance runner to boot. He proved that with a shiny new half marathon PB in Montreal this past weekend. So big race for you in uh, Montreal this past weekend at the Scotia Half. You finished third with a time of 107.36, uh, which is pretty comparable with, with your best times, if I'm not mistaken. How, how did the race go for you? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was 107.40, but, uh, I'll take 107.36. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that gives me about an 18 or 20 second PB, um, from my previous best half marathon. Uh, I was just hoping to go up and I thought, uh, the weather was really good, uh, that I could probably, I was sort of in that, uh. 67 something breaking 68 would be the was sort of the plan for the day and uh just uh, wanted to put in a solid effort and uh see what where the fitness was um where the fitness was at and how things were coming together so i see that you uh, you split uh 10k at about 3340 which uh, says to me that you had, you know, a fairly even race overall. Um, in in fact, maybe a little bit of a faster half end on that or back end on that. Uh, I think back to some of your marathons and, and stuff, and that's that's not how you've typically run. Is it? Is this like a, a change in mentality for you? Um, no, I uh, I guess I've the races I've done this spring. Um, just tried to sort of have a plan and what I wanted to run and, uh, sort of stick to that pace, uh, that, you know, um, yeah, just sort of be even and consistent and run things real smart. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I knew there was no point. I think I was probably 15th at the first K, um, on Sunday there that a lot of guys went out and three flat or a few guys maybe even quicker than that and I was right around 310 uh going through the first k and then you know the pace is going to settle down and by 3k or so I found my way to the front and just sort of maintained that uh even effort and um I actually hadn't even looked at what the half for the 10k splits split was uh on Sunday but uh we did I did just try and keep pushing it um the whole time 
So I, you know, I was a bit surprised to see you in Montreal, uh, just because I was at the at the Speed River workout on Wednesday, and you were hammering away with uh, with the rest of the guys. So, I mean, what else do you have planned for the season? And and was this kind of the pinnacle, or or do you have a bunch of stuff uh, on the plate? Um, after, I'm this spring season is just kind of uh, I want to say flying by the seat of my pants, sort of. Um, I dislocated my shoulder, I guess it was six weeks ago, uh, just before I came home from Kenya. And that kind of, I didn't really know how things were going to come around. Uh, and so kind of scrapped a few plans or thoughts of spring races. And then uh, it uh, came back fairly quickly, I guess. And then got into some workouts with those guys. And so, no, this, uh, this weekend was definitely not a peak at all. It was just sort of training through it. Um, that's why yeah, I did a pretty big uh, session on Wednesday night on the track. And then uh, I think I was 112, 112 or 15 miles last week um, with the race. So um, decent, decent mileage for me uh, as well for a race week. So definitely not a peak at all. Um, I think I'm just going to chip away a couple of, 10Ks and another half marathon or two um, this spring, summer, and uh, just sort of, yeah, we're not, uh, hopefully not anywhere near peaking yet. Hmm. Well, you, you mentioned uh, Kenya, and you, you had a little bit of an injury there with uh, with your dislocated shoulder. Uh, overall, how did how did the Kenya experience go? Did you, uh, you know, did you pick up a lot of fitness and stuff? I did, yeah. Uh, this year again, going over there uh, was not in great shape, I guess, getting there, arriving. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that was sort of how I went last year as well, was just sort of getting back into things, coming off an injury, and uh, had been getting some decent training in in December, or just decent mileage in again in, by the end of December and early January before I went, and was able to start getting in some, I guess this was probably my best quality of training um, that I've had there kind of into the routine of and know the group of guys um, to train with over there and settled in with them quite quickly and uh, probably yeah I think I was coming out of there in pretty good shape so since the last time we, we had you on the show, uh, you've done something fairly exciting, at least fairly exciting to me, because it's uh, it's my old alma mater. Uh, you have become a part of the, the coaching staff at, at Fanshawe College. You, you know, how how was that taking over? I mean, you're not the head coach, but you're part of an integral part of that team, you know, just after after John Loney and, and the legacy he left, uh, you know, you're really sliding into there. Did it feel like there's like really large shoes to fill there? Um, it was great. It was uh, when Ashley uh, asked me if I would like to help out and uh, be the associate coach with her and Sean Tilden. Um, all three of us had excellent experiences running for Fanshawe, and we kind of wanted to get the program back to that. Uh, uh, that level and that we we uh, of fun and quality running that we had when we were there and uh, to keep uh, building that program because uh, it meant 
a lot to us in our time um, as collegiate athletes, I guess. And uh, so that was great. No, it was a lot of fun um, working with some really talented and exciting uh, young people. Uh, this past year, you you uh, you know you got the second place men's team. You had the the first place uh, overall finisher as well with uh, with Seth, and he's getting set to take on his debut marathon, which is uh, got to be pretty exciting. What's the, what's the team looking like for next year? Yeah, um, I think we're just going to lose. Uh, we lost a couple of our our guys, um, but and one of our top girls, but so lots of returning athletes and. Uh, some pretty exciting recruits um, planning to attend as uh, in September. So hopefully everybody's uh, stays injury free over the summer, and uh, it should be pretty exciting. Um, and just a good, really quality group of people um, to work with as well come the fall. So it should be a lot of fun again. So here's the thing. When I think of John Mason, I think of, you know, great runner, you know, you're, you're the coach at Fanshawe. However, it seems to pop up with every single appearance that you make, whether it be coaching or running, uh, your fashion sense. I don't think of John Mason, the fashion mogul. However, it's, it's brought up time, time after time. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw the comments of, about what you were wearing as a coach, uh, or, or anything like that, but what's your mentality as far as going to races and, and dressing up? Um, I just want to be comfortable. Um, I don't, uh, yeah, I, uh, feel good, run good is the, uh, simple attitude um to be comfortable and warm i hate being cold so generally it's uh it's practical a pretty practical guy i guess i'd like to think and so it's uh uh function over form for me i'm not i'm not out trying to impress anyone by my uh stellar expensive clothing or uh uh what i'm wearing it's more about uh being warm and uh, dressed for the elements and uh, comfortable. And if you're comfortable, you're happy. And uh, if you're happy, you're going to run well or be a good good coach or whatever you're doing. So it's uh, it's really just just me being me. I'm not trying to uh, not trying to impress anyone or do anything uh, special with with what I wear by any means. You say function over form. However, you were wearing a, a really cool. Speed River throwback uh, singlet uh, for the for this past race at uh, at Scotia. Where where'd you even come across those? And I I don't know. Is it is it like uh, the, like the modern it, singlets or? Uh, that one's not even that. It's not even that old. <laughs> um, it might be five years old. I think uh, about my. I, I have one that's even older than that from my first year at Speed River. I guess it's been six years now that I've been training with them. Um, and then, uh, this one, I wore the red one. Um, I always liked it, uh, but we only had those for about a a season, I think. And then, uh, they came out with another one and I just thought I did, uh, we mixed things up a little bit and, uh, that had the old, old style logo. And, um, I'm always, uh, my business colors are red and the fan shop colors are red. I'm a big fan of the red. So I, uh, I just thought we'd throw that on and uh, see 
see if there was any luck in the old the old gem out of the back of the closet. <laughs> Um, during the, the Boston Marathon, I was following along with, uh, with what you're tweeting, uh, which for people who want to follow along, it's at JWO, JWM quality, uh, on Twitter. And you were ma- making some mention of Galen Rupp and the fact that he wasn't tucking a singlet in. Is that, you know, like, is that a huge pet peeve for you? I guess I've never really thought about it. Like whether I should tuck in my, in my singlet or not, where, where'd you pick that up from? Uh, I guess it's just the, maybe it's the old man in me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I even, even t-shirts for workouts. I know that, uh, some of the other guys, we were giving me a hard time or joking around about it. And then, uh, slowly and by surely everybody was in our little marathon group there the other summer was tucking their shirts in and there was one guy and then we were all heckling him about how he didn't have his shirt tucked in. And I don't know. I just think, uh, it just looks professional and classy to uh, have your shirt tucked in. Um, I know Reed and I had a bit of a debate about it the other day that uh, Galen was wearing the half tights and he was maybe trying to be a little discreet with the <clears throat> wearing half tights and not uh, you shouldn't tuck your shirt into half tights, but I was still sticking to uh, keeping things professional and classy and that uh, you just tuck your shirt in. That's just how it should be. One last thing I, I want to talk to you about, because you've been known to run a, run a marathon or two uh, in the past, is the is the marathon standard was uh, loosened up a little bit this uh, this for this world championship this year uh, to a two nineteen. Uh, you're a two twenty two guy. I mean, this could potentially affect you in a couple years if they keep it uh, with standards like this. What were your initial thoughts when when you saw that? Um. I think it's good. Uh, as we ended a Olympic quadrennial or whatever they call it, um, and we have had a great deal of success with Eric and Reed and Dylan, um, and even Watson had a couple of 213s to show that he was in that um, top level. And so the standards that we had um, were sort of reflecting how good those guys had pushed the limits. Um, but then as we've come through that Olympic cycle and we sort of have a, I don't want to say a lull, but the Olympics is definitely the pinnacle to athletics Canada, I would say. Um, and so this loosening of the standards hopefully will keep, will maybe motivate a few more people to give a few more marathons a shot or to stick in it a little longer, um, to hopefully develop and to uh, keep, because we definitely have been weak on the number of people even just developing in the marathon. Um, so to give them another shot or give it them the opportunity to maybe hit a world team, international team, um, compete in that scene, and then give them that opportunity to improve over the next four years before the next Olympics with uh, the experience. So I hope that it just, uh, you know, people still have to, it's still a, a break in 219 is still a pretty impressive run. Um, and then hopefully that leads to more guys chipping away and getting into the 215s, 214 range um, as we move forward. It would be, uh, it would be great to have, you know, a half a dozen guys under 220 um, over the next few years. That would be impressive.
Can we expect to see you uh, in a marathon this fall? Uh, likely, I imagine, if uh, the body is cooperative, um, we will uh, we'll likely have a build-up for the fall, yeah. He is John Mason, and uh, we're talking to him over his lunch break right now, which uh very appreciative of that, um, and, and thanks a lot for being on the show. Uh, hey, if you just want to end with a, a little shout-out or a little plug for your business, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, I wish, yeah, no, uh, JWM Quality Construction, um, if you want uh, a deck built, we'll catch you in uh, 2018 because the summer's getting pretty filled up, and if we get into a I just, I still want to try and push the running a bit this year, so I guess my volume of work is going to reflect that. But, uh, yeah, we're just uh, going to quietly chip away over here at what we've got. He's uh, John W. Mason. He works harder by noon on Tuesday than most people do all week. Thanks a lot for being on the show, man. Thank you. Take care. Lisa Broking is a woman of many hats. This runner, sponsored by Saucony, who just finished representing us at both the NACAC and World Cross this year, is also a nurse and is just finishing up her master's. Luckily, through all that, she found some time to catch up with us this week. So your spring season just uh, just started, just uh, I believe last weekend you were at the Sun Run in Vancouver. Uh, talk to me about that race. How did it go and was it everything that you were expecting? Uh, yes. Last Sunday, or I guess two days ago, I ran uh, the Vancouver Sun Run, which is a tradition for me since moving out west um, in 2009. So, yeah, it's just a fabulous race. I feel like it's um, kind of like a family reunion. You see all the elite runners. We don't hmm. normally get a chance to all race together in the same event. Um, so, and it's pretty low key. The community really gets behind the run. So, um, I usually just kind of enter it, and it's a good indicator of where I'm at. So I didn't know what to expect. Um, I wasn't expecting a slower time from last year. That was um, a bit of a disappointment, but overall, um, you got to start somewhere. So You've had a really exciting winter this year, and I want to get to that in just a second. However, let's start where that winter really began, and, and that was in November in Kingston, Ontario at the uh, Cross Country Nationals. Uh, you came eighth in a very, very stacked field. Uh, with a really, really killer time. In fact, I think that you actually had a better 10K time at, uh, you know, on the Fort Henry course than you actually did on, on the Sunrun course. <laughs> How did that, you know, talk to me about that race and, and your placing and, uh, and your training going into that. I, I have to things, think that things went, went pretty well there. Yes, um, I was quite determined. I went into that race and I wanted it so bad. I, I really wanted the opportunity to represent Canada again and this year was a world year and so I went in and I left it all on the line um, and it was a stack field and I knew I was um, very much uh, it could have been anyone's day um, and with I ran with Trinity so we were my season kind of ended two weeks prior at CIs or U Sport so uh, we tapered for that because I'm uh, part of that program but then just, you know, hung on for those two more weeks. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect, whereas some of the other girls uh, came in with peaking specifically for nationals. I, um, I peaked two weeks prior for uh, CIs, but um, held on. And I'm just, I'm excited where it was um, a 10K race. 
and yeah, just went out and duped it out. And um, I'm really happy with my finish and so happy to have had the opportunity to, um, to go to NACYAX and Worlds this year. We'll get to that in, in just a second, but uh, you know, you mentioned that it was a 10k race. Um, also, the uh, the IAAF race this year was also 10k. Um, but the U Sports, which you were peaking for, is still not up to that to that 10k. Um, you know, to that 10k length yet. You're obviously someone who is you know, definitely geared towards those longer events. I'm thinking, you know, 10k and and maybe even even further if if that's what you choose after this. Do you think that the the shorter distance in in the U Sports and former CIs um, actually hampered your development a little bit? Well, for me, like I yeah, the six K, I think it was six K this year went up from I believe it was six K for U uh, Sport. I would have preferred it to be eight or ten, but um, that's where they're at. Um, yeah, for me, I don't I don't really think too much into it. I feel my strength is in the 10K, and uh, next week I'm running a half marathon, so I feel I have a love for those distances, so maybe it's more mind over matter. Whether it hampers my performance, I'm not sure. I, I leave all that up to my, my coach. I do, um, I do all the training as if it was for the CIS scene, or sorry, the youth sports scene, mm-hmm. and then I just tagged on nationals, which happened to be 10K at the end of the season, so my training was... Um, was specifically for the distances um, of the youth sports scene. Perhaps if it was 10K, maybe it would have improved, but I haven't put too much thought into that. <laughs> You've mentioned uh, your coach, um, Mark Bomba, also known as as Bomber. Um, at Trinity Western right now, it just seems like it's such a great atmosphere, you know, with a ton of really great athletes uh, out of there. And, and in the recent past as well, I believe Fiona Benson was out of there. Uh, Declan White uh, trains out of there. Describe to me the the Trinity Western scene and what Mark Bomba is like as a coach. Yeah, I am really grateful to have um, the opportunity to run with them the last two years, and it's just been fabulous. It's really incognito group, um, you know, very low key, and we just we work really hard. There's nothing fancy about our program. We don't have any kind of fancy facilities. You don't even have a track. Um, mm. We go to the local track, um, which is beside the airport. So it's usually quite windy there um, to train on. And um, we share that track with the local run groups. Uh, so we, it's different coming from the University of Windsor, where I did my undergrad, where we had all those facilities. We had the indoor and outdoor Mambo. Um, it was um, a program that came from a lot of uh, six previous success. So when I went into Trinity, I knew it was a relatively new program, but uh, we rose through the rankings quite quickly, mm-hmm. and it's just been so fabulous to be a part of this continued success with with um, the Spartan cross country and contributing um, towards the track team. But it's been really exciting to see us go through um, the rankings and, and still trying to battle it out and try to get that first place against Guelph. We haven't done it yet, but um, hmm. it's cool that we're in the runnings for it. So, and when I was running in 05 to 09 for Windsor, we were still trying to beat Guelph. So <laughs> it was for me, I, I wanted it so bad uh, just from that, from having that previous history in the CIS scene, but um, we weren't able to do it this year. But um, yeah, our, our group just really works together. And um, Mark is uh, a fabulous coach and he treats everyone the same, whether, whether you're their star athlete or not. And um, we just look out for one another. So. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. This past March uh, was very busy for you. Uh, you kicked it off with uh, with a seventh place at the uh, NACAC Cross Country in the, in the 8K there. Um, and then you took 67th in the IAAF Cross uh, Country World Championships. Both times, I believe, you, you scored for, for Team Canada. What, uh, what sort of things, what kind of goals did you go in, into those races with? And, uh, you know, what were some of the learning experiences you took home with you? Mm, yeah, thank you. That's a great question. Um, well, just to give you a bit of uh, information leading up to those races, hmm. I was running a full indoor season, uh, which indoor track is, is definitely my weakness. So I was um, preparing in terms of doing the this, this speed training. I did go into NACYACs, not really sure where my fitness was at because um, we were in a full indoor season, but um, I love the distance. I was excited to be a part of the team and we worked together. So that's um, one thing I can say from both years of, of running cross country is um, sorry for the national team is that we towed the line completely unified. We all, all of us women come from across Canada. We arrive two days prior, we do some runs and we develop this, you know, team strategy and we actually execute it. So I think that's really rewarding and um, really helps with development in terms of athlete development, you know, for me, I'm, I'm still learning and growing and I appreciate being able to, to hear the, the words and wisdom of, uh, Sasha Bullish. And we developed this race strategy and we actually executed and we all try to help each other. So that was really cool. Uh, for Nakyaks being the official tiebreaker was awesome. It made hmm. seventh place much more exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was cool. And then, and then worlds, um, I went in, not knowing what to expect. Um, I had come up from Nakyax and then I flew to, uh, with Edmonton for U sport track mm-hmm. and then went. So it was a bit of back and forth. It was Can West championships for indoor track and then Nakyax and then 10 K and then back on the track and then back, um, doing 10 K. So it's a bit of flopping back and forth between some big championship races, but, um, I just really tried to, to deliver it my, you know, my best possible effort on race day. And, I can definitely say when you wear the Canada jersey, it's just the amount of pride and excitement. Um, even if you're not completely fully prepared or, you know, not really sure where your fitness is at, um, definitely, uh, I feel like gives you that extra little boost. You mentioned uh, U Sports was kind of wedged in between those two. You raced in, in the 3,000 meter final, uh, which was a very exciting race by by all means. How do you, how did you, you know, structure your workouts and stuff so that you could, you could do well at both cross country and in, you know, something shorter like the 3000? Yeah, I just, um, Bombo would know all the specifics, but I just really kept up my mileage. Hmm. I ran high mileage as if I was still in cross season and then was combining that with our, um, three day a week workouts. So, um, was hoping to kind of tackle, you know, both keep the mileage up for that 10K cross country and, you know, doing the hills and um, grinding out those long intervals and at the same time doing the speed. Um, I definitely saw, you know, maybe where it didn't go as well as CIs, or sorry, Youth Sport 3K, um, you know, just in that last half, I just didn't have the turnover. Um, I just didn't have that kind of fresh legs, quick speed. So perhaps I maybe didn't do enough speed training in the spring. Um, I'm not sure. Hmm. 
I, I read in an article that uh, you kind of have, you know, a little bit of an eye towards London this year and the, and the world championships there for the 10,000 meter, um, you know, so that means that you're probably going to have a pretty busy spring. What, what eyes or what uh, races do you have your eyes on? Uh, yeah, so I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, you know, I don't think the odds are stacked in my favor, but I thought I'd love to try the 10,000 on the track. Uh, last year was my first time doing outdoor season and I ran 5k and I think it went quite respectful considering I've never ran an outdoor track season before. Hmm. So I'm hoping to do the Portland, um, track festival in June. And that was where I ran my first outdoor track race, the 5k last year. And, and I had a really good experience. So, um, I, hopefully they'll be good to me again this year and I'll have a, a good experience and can, can open up with a pretty decent time. So. Um, maybe Portland track. Um, I believe it's the second weekend in June. Also, uh, also ahead this year, can we expect to to see you back in in Kingston for another uh, cross country nationals? Oh, absolutely! <laughs> <laughs> I love cross country. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what my fall will look like now that I'm not running um, in the varsity scene anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm running the IAAF 10K. In a couple of weeks, I'm running a half marathon next weekend. So I'm kind of um, doing a few other races before I get back on the track. And um, the fall, I'm not, I'm not quite sure exactly how I'll prepare for nationals. Um, now that I'm not doing the full cross country um, season and races with the Trinity Group, but um, we will see. You know, you've mentioned school, you've mentioned uh, work, but, you know, obviously running is such a big part of this. Uh, those are three very, very big things, though. How do, how do you balance all three of them uh, and, you know, have a little bit of a, a life on the side as well? Um, I don't really have much <laughs> a life. <laughs> um, I think you can do anything. If you want to do something, you find a time for it. And I absolutely love nursing. I love um, being in the intensive care Shift work um, is a little bit of a balancing act. Um, I work 12 or 16-hour shifts so that if those are not in the right days, like, for example, I work three night shifts leading up to the sun run. Hmm. And um, that's the first time I've done three nights before a race. And, um, of course, when I come off night shift, I'm behind in homework and training. So I didn't catch up on my sleep, (laughs) Hmm. which we realized, um, for me, sleep is uh, just as important as training. So... I took that away from the sun run. So every race I learned what, how I could better balance the, my other things in my life, like my school and my, uh, my work really have to be in balance for me to race well. So it's still a balancing act. I'm still trying to figure it out, but, um, yeah, I, I love, I love being in my master's program. I'm in the final 10 weeks of my, um, finishing up the degree. So that's, that's excellent. And then, um, I, I still work and doing some running as well. <laughs> Lisa Brooking did an impressive triple this spring. She ran in the IAAF Cross Country uh, Championship. She ran in the NACAC Cross Country Championship. And she ran in the U Sports uh, 3000 meter final as well. Very, very impressive. She also ran in the Sun Run last week. But we're looking ahead to a very exciting spring for her. Thanks a lot for for taking some time and, and being on the show today, Lisa. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both John and Lisa, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support and to you for listening. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at the Terminal Mile. As well, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, tracky.ca.
Thanks again for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. <laughs>